Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mike! Give me a mic! How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Riley and Kimmy Show. Welcome to episode 537 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Right next to me is... Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Yes, on this episode, we give you an opportunity to escape from the big bad world. That's what we offer here. Uh, Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you freedom from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's right, Kimmy. That's what our uh, goal is, because we talk about pop culture things, escapism, nerdism, uh, all kinds of fun things, uh, and uh, this is a place for that. Be sure to tell your friends about our website, RileyandKimmy.com, and be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. We have links right on our website for that, because we do the same right back with you. Now, I have a sad thing to report here on the Riley and Kimmy show, the passing of somebody in the film industry, uh, two-time Oscar winner, also worked with uh, James Cameron, worked in films such as Star Trek, Star Trek Films, A Beautiful Mind, Field of Dreams, Apollo 13, and Titanic, passed away. And that is composer James Horner passed away. Oh. Yes, it was just announced a little bit before we sat down on episode 537. He was 61 years of age, passed away in a plane crash near Santa Barbara, California. Horner was piloting a small aircraft when it crashed into a remote area about 60 miles north of Santa Barbara. That's according to officials. An earlier report noted that the plane, which was registered to the composer, had gone down, but the pilot had not been identified. Mm. And you probably know his work for the 1997 film, Directed by James Cameron called Titanic. And Mm -hmm. uh, his score for Star Trek, two Star Trek movies I just uh, love. Matter of fact, I have it on a compilation disc and also individual discs because I do collect soundtracks. Uh, Fantastic work. And uh, that is a sad passing. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is sad. Yeah, we're sad to report that one here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Now, speaking of movies, we'll be talking about something classic cinema-wise. And uh, we'll be giving Kimmy a chance just to see how good. Her memory is with classic cinemas because she has went to many, many an old film with me, vintage films, classic films, old movies over the course of time since I first met her. And uh, we went to a retro cinema up in the area where she grew up in. Now, we're going to see if she paid attention to those retro cinema outings because that's where some of the questions will be coming from. Okay, Kimmy, are Mm -hmm. you you ready for that? But first, we got to talk about a very important thing. A toy? As I suspected. That's right. We have to talk about toys, Kimmy. And there's some good news, which I think is actually good because I visited some, uh, I'm not going to name the stores, but it's kind of easy to figure out some, you know, big discount kind of oriented stores that include merchandise and groceries. And I've noticed over the course of time that the toy sections have dwindled. Mm. And and I don't know if you've noticed that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have dwindled down. Okay. 
And I mean, they still have some very little children's toys. But when you're talking about, you know, like the action figure sections and the die cast things and that, I think it's really getting phased out. Huh. Um, and, and or there's not a lot of stuff product coming out because of certain movies and things like that. Right. There is some movies that have some things, but there's not a lot at these certain, to- at, not toy stores, at these certain chain stores. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Not toy stores I'm talking about. And I'm going to jump over into the toy store thing, not toy stores thing. Not going to say which one, but a very big one. I feel that it in certain ways when it comes to like movie oriented TV show thing, you got a lot of adult type toys that are creeping into kids aisles. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. And where it's not really just, it doesn't have a, a safe feel to it to me. You know, you're mixing in some very adult themed type figures and things like that. Right. And so the innocence in those aisles is not necessarily there. That was maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago at all. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be some good news, though, thanks to the public's embrace of scary dinosaurs and overly emotional children on the theater screens. Sales of movie-based toys may enjoy a blockbuster holiday season. Now, the resounding success of the dinosaur thrillers just in the movie theaters may already be spilling over into the toy market some six months before Christmas. On eBay, rows of Jurassic World plastic action figures are listed as having one left or a crowd of bidders are watching the auction, likely readying for a last-minute bid, you know, at well above retail price. Now, a Big W store, its website is loaded with inside-out merchandise, while on eBay, sellers are offering five packs of Talking Inside Out dolls for $160. Wow. Now, at the Disney store, one Talking Doll retails for $19.95. Okay. So, let's see. That's about a $40 profit, mm. roughly. Not counting tax. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, roughly 40 bucks. And and I'm sure you will tack on shipping and handling mm-hmm. to that one as well. Not always. Some do free. Not, not all, though. Now, the retail industry is already coming off a solid year of sales of licensed toys on the back of Disney's latest children's movie classic, Frozen. According to an industry data provider, sales of licensed toys, which represented 31% of total toy industry sales, rose 7% in 2014 compared with 2013. The growth in licensed toys outpaced overall U.S. retail sales of toys, which rose 4% last year. Now, more broadly, the licensed merchandise business is a gold mine to be cultivated by retailers in a new report, the International Licensing Industry Merchandisers Association. Wow, that's a mouthful. Also known as the LIMA, estimated that the retail sales of products bearing the trademark names and likeness of cartoon characters, corporate logos, and major sports teams ranked in $13.4 billion in royalty revenue and $241.5 billion in retail sales in 2014 alone. Hmm. Now, we have a bunch of other math there that's quite boring. I mean, there's quite a bunch of math there. And, you know, detail, if you're really in, if you're a real nerd into the math stuff, hey, we will make you in nerd heaven. That's right, because we have all that detail where this comes from. And it's from the street, by the way. That's the source. Uh, we have it right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. So there's some good news when it comes to the world of toys, it looks like. You know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, the current-based toys and stuff like that. Now, some of our vintage toy, you know, freak uh, friends, they, they don't care. You know, they're like, I don't care about that stuff. You know, that's too new. But I actually like some of the new toys, too. And I think it's a really good thing because it opens up the mind and the imagination mm-hmm. with the toy. And I find it very sad that that may be dwindling in some cases. You know, right. you know, and so it, it kind of, you know, bothers me just a, a little bit 
right there. Now, moving over to something else, Kimmy. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something from E! Online, and it uh, deals with dinosaurs in a dinosaur park. Just how much would it cost to own your own dinosaur park? Every time we've unveiled a new attraction, attendance has spiked. That was awesome! Corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor. They're dinosaurs. Wow enough. She was designed to be bigger than the T-Rex. What happened to the sibling? She ate it. Well, all right. That's a happy thought, isn't it, right there? Now, if you've watched Jurassic World or Jurassic Park or both of them or all the Jurassic Park movies, uh, the spinoffs, you know, series one, two, three, whatever, uh, you might have asked yourself just how much would it cost to own your own dinosaur filled theme park have you ever wondered that kimmy when you're sitting there you know counting pennies going hey you know i like to put these pennies towards my own dinosaur theme park you know did you ever think about that no okay well kimmy just out of curiosity do you have a number in the top of your head just coming right out of your mind and say i want a dinosaur theme park how much is it going to cost kimmy to have a dinosaur theme park 30 billion wow kimmy might be actually darn close to the answer yeah. I, 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 this is what happens when we don't prepare here. I thought you would go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you actually threw a number out uh-huh. that, that is pretty darn close. Let's put it that way. Now, the most important matter when you want your... Now, pay attention here, Kimmy. When you're going to build your own dinosaur theme park. Yes, let me okay, take my notes. Okay, you ready? The most important matter is real estate. Okay? That that would make sense, right? And I, mm-hmm. I guess it would make sense to have water around it. You know, because yeah. you, know, you don't want anybody kind of leaving. You know? Okay. I mean... The attractions. You don't want the attractions to get up and just walk away. You right. know, so yeah. you kind of want it kind of self-contained a little bit. Now, according to the, according to calculations, buying several private islands in Costa Rica will set you back about ten billion dollars. Now that should set you off okay for your your park. Okay. Okay. Now once you have you know your location set up, you have to hire the best scientists and animal caretakers money can buy. You know, actually those who can make dinosaurs for you. And the estimate, and I don't know how they get this, tallies to around $7.9 million just for the crew. Okay. okay. Next mm-hmm. up is the price of paying for cloning and mining dinosaur DNA. That's $8.5 and $9 million there, right there. Now, then you got the park construction, operating costs, and all of the other hidden fees that come with keeping a very elaborate menagerie open. Grand total, their estimate. And by the way, this is without marketing. They don't talk about you know advertising because you got to advertise it. Mm-hmm. You got to advertise. Hey, come to the park and see see the things you know chewing on things. Anyhow, here we go. Grand total, their estimate to open up your park is twenty three billion four hundred thirty two million four hundred thousand dollars. Hmm, well, that's a bargain. You, see, but you know what? In the world, Kimmy, a price is right. I'd have gone over. Yes, Kimmy. You would have went over and been a loser, unfortunately. In the you know the showcase showdown, Kimmy would not have been going home with her own dinosaur island. Now you know what this lesson teaches me right here. Instead of you know building your own dinosaur island, come to Florida and just dress up in a slee stack suit. You don't need twenty three billion dollars to be dressed up in a slee stack suit or a bunch of them and live in the land of the lost.
that's Central Florida, the land of the lost, right? My front yard does does look like that. It, it, well, uh, not my front yard, my backyard, maybe. You know, I keep the front yard kind of nice, <laughs> sort of, occasionally, not always. But you know, hey, I I'm Oscar the Grouch. You know, do you think Oscar the Grouch with his trash can? Let's face it, if he was out in rural America. You know, he's urban. But, you know, if he had that trash can somewhere else, he'd be like me. Come on, let's just face it. Right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk about something revolving around the world of movies. There's no business like show business like no business I know. A very big movie director has or had a birthday on this week. Okay, during this week's time period. And he had a birthday on June 22nd. Going back to 1906. Now, the movie director is Billy Wilder. Mm-hmm. Now, are you familiar with the name Billy Wilder, Kimmy? Mm, yes. Okay, my question for you, Kimmy, is I know you'll be able to tell me one movie Billy Wilder did, okay? But that's too easy. I want Kimmy to name two of the movies the legendary director did. And let's see if Kimmy can name two of the movies because you have been to more than of the movies with me at classic movie cinemas over the course of time especially up where you are from we went to at least three of them right there of his films and since you moved to central florida so long ago since you moved to the land of the lost you have seen more than two of his movies now one of them you've seen twice meaning you saw it at the retro cinema way up north and you saw it down here on my Blu-ray that I do own, or DVDs or Blu-ray. I, I have it on both versions. I don't know which one you did watch. I think you originally watched it on, Blue, on uh, DVD. So, question, Kimmy. Can you name, first of all, one movie that Billy Wilder did? Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. Kimmy, come on. I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> Kimmy, I'm going to give you one more chance here. Can you name one movie that Billy Wilder did? Sunset Boulevard? All right, she she did it. Kimmy, congratulations. That's one. All right. She's on a roll now. Can Kimmy do two movies that Billy Wilder did? The legendary director, Billy Wilder. Can you name two movies? Uh-uh. Oh, Kimmy. Well, we did try. Billy Wilder did a ton of movies. I don't have enough time with our episode here to go through all of them, but I'll just give you some of them. 1944, big one that you saw way up north. That's a clue. Okay, you saw this one, 1944. One of the actors in it, the male actor, the lead, played in a TV show that you're familiar with, and you also saw some of the Disney movies that he did before the TV show. He was famous for playing Stephen Douglas on My Three Sons, Fred McMurray played in this movie. Do you remember the name of the movie, Kimmy? Uh, um. Uh-huh. You saw this one with me. Edward G. Robinson plays in it with him. Also, Barbara Stanwyck plays with him. Swip Swap or... No, no. <laughs> not crisscross. Crisscross. No, it's not. Well, you're close. Okay, it's Double Indemnity. Double, yeah, yeah, what, yeah that it, one. What is it, Kimmy? Double Indemnity. Very good. Okay, that's from 1944. He was the director and writer of that one. 1950, Sunset Boulevard. 1953, one you've never seen but you should know of because you've heard me talk about it. It's actually the the uh, the creation of Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes actually stole from this movie and they settled out of court with uh, Bing, Crosby, Bing Crosby Productions. Uh, actually, 
people believe totally ripped it off. Uh, they made it a comedy, but it was not a comedy. It starred William Holden. I love the film. It's the uh, second film that he did with Billy Wilder, and it's called Stalag 17. And Wilder was director, writer, and producer of that one. Next one is Sabrina, 1954. And I'm leaving some out here. These are just ones that are highlights. The Seven Year Itch. I thought you would get that one. Marilyn Monroe, 1955, 1957. One of my favorites starring. Uh, James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is the spirit of St. Louis. And then we move over to 1959. Some like it hot. And my favorite movie, maybe, of his outside of Sunset Boulevard, although it's hard, doubles also right up there, Stalag. And that is The Apartment with Fred McMurray again and a very young Jack Lemon. Mm. Remember? Mm hmm. Okay. And Shirley MacLaine? Very good. Shirley MacLaine and, and Jack Lemmon. And actually, I went out with a girl the very first time because she looked like Shirley MacLaine in that film. Mm. That was the only reason. It was like, but she was not like Shirley MacLaine. Let's mm. just put it that way. Yeah, that, you know, and I was not like Jack Lemmon. But anyhow, that is some of his filmography. As a matter of fact, he, uh, Billy Wilder is one of five people to win the Academy Award as producer, director, and screenwriter of the same film. He was the first one to do this with a movie apartment and his career spanned more than 50 years and 60 movies. Mm. That's how important he is. And he was born June 22nd, 1906, passed away March 27th, 2002, lived to 95 years of age mm. and just a, a major influence in the world of show business in Hollywood. Matter of fact, a side note, he directed 14 different actors 14 different actors in Oscar-nominated roles. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing to celebrate his birthday is we're going to venture into the world of Lux Radio Theater, the golden age of radio, old-time radio, which is kind of interesting that what, what they would do is they would do radio productions of famous movies from time to time, usually really close to when the movie was released. Now, Double Indemnity was released in 1944, okay? Mm -hmm. It took them six years to make it onto Lux Radio Theater. But they do. And it is a, a beautiful production. Radio-based. So if you've seen the movie, this will have some little changes because this is not the audio from the movie that is, you know, played. This is an actual radio production. Opens up the mind, the theater of the mind. And the cool thing is the leads reprise their roles. Fred McMurray does this. And I love his read. And, you know, everybody thinks, I, I don't mean everybody, but a lot of people think of Fred McMurray and they think, oh, you know, he played Namby Pamby. What was a uh, flubber? And, and mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember. Did he do Shaggy Dog or one of those things he did? I can't I think remember. So. And they think of him as Stephen Douglas. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, he was a perfect kind of dad for TV, you know, the, the ideal kind of father, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. But they, kind of, they don't think of him as a sinister role, and you see him in a sinister role in this, and you'll hear it. Also in the apartment, too. He plays a sleazy kind of, not a nice kind of guy. But from a nerd aspect in the world of comic books, which we can tie into this, this show, we love to tie comic books into things, is he was the inspiration for C.C. Beck, who drew Captain Marvel, Shazam. When you look at Wiz Comics, the very first you know uh, issues of Captain Marvel, Fred McMurray is that. Now, if you look at a very classic Alex Ross tribute to C.C. Beck's design, matter of fact, you have one right behind you, Kimmy, uh, on our wall, a large you know, a reproduction of Alex Ross's work, you can see that is Fred McMurray. That, mm -hmm. That's who he's, he, he tried to capture. So it's kind of interesting. The guy had a wide range, you know, of uh, influence, you know, 
uh, you know, the big boy scout all the way to somebody very, very nasty. You know, mm-hmm. And you'll hear the very, very nasty right here. Barbara Stanwyck, Miss Barbara Stanwyck, uh, reprises her role as well in this uh, episode. So this is a really cool thing. And this is Lux Radio Theater going back to October 30th, 1950. Double Indemnity and a classic. And it's a tribute to Billy Wilder, who's celebrating a birthday this week. Lux presents Hollywood. <laughs> Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray in Double Indemnity. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keel. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. A few years ago, I began a serial in a weekly magazine called Double Indemnity. And believe me, thereafter, I eagerly awaited each new installment. It was one of the most thrilling of James M. Cain's novels, and when Paramount Pictures brought it to the screen, I found the film even more exciting. My renewed enthusiasm was due to our stars, Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray who created two of the most electrifying characterizations of their careers. Double Indemnity is a drama of intense emotion between two people whose infatuation leads them to murder and revenge. And as a study in suspense, I'm sure you'll find it entirely satisfying. Just as the ladies of our listening audience find our product, Lux Toilet Soap, entirely satisfying for beauty care especially these fall days. For throughout all the changes of weather, Lux Soap remains a favorite complexion care. Here's Double Indemnity, starring Barbara Stanwyck as Phyllis and Fred McMurray as Walter. Downtown Los Angeles. The night watchman of an insurance company has just opened the door for one of the employees. Working pretty late, aren't you, Mr. Neff? Yeah. Yeah, This can't wait till morning. Nothing wrong, is there, Mr. Neff? You you look kind of funny. No, no, I'm fine. Thanks for letting me in. That's okay, Mr. Neff. Walter Neff walks unsteadily to his office. He wets a towel at the water cooler, presses it inside his coat to staunch a bullet wound, and slumps at his desk. His hand reaches to a dictaphone transcribing machine and turns on the switch. Memorandum to Barton Keys, claims manager. Pacific All Risk Insurance Company. Dear Keys, I suppose you'll call this a confession. I just want to set you right about... about the Diedrichson case. You said it wasn't an accident. Check. You said it wasn't suicide. Check. You said it was murder. Check. But you made one mistake, Keys. Just one little mistake. You want to know who killed Dietrichson? Hold tight to that cheap cigar of yours, Keys. I killed Dietrichson. Yes, I killed him. I killed him for money and a... And a woman. 
And I didn't get the money, and I... I didn't get the woman. Pretty, isn't it? Let me light a cigarette. It all began last May. Around the end of May, it was. I had a call to make. A renewal on an automobile policy. Who's at the door, Nettie? What is it? It's an insurance man. He wants Mr. Dietrichson. How do you do? I'm Walter Neff, the Pacific All-Risk Insurance Company. Well. Well, how do you do, Mr. Neff? I'm Mrs. Dietrichson. Oh. How do you do, Mrs. Dietrichson? That's all, Nettie. Yes, ma'am. It's, uh, it's about the renewal of automobiles. I can't seem to contact your husband at his office. And, well, uh... suppose we sit down and you tell me about it. My husband never tells me anything. I guess he's been too busy down at the Long Beach oil field. Uh-huh. Well, uh, maybe I could catch him at home some evening. Wouldn't take him to clear up. We've got a new kind of 50% retention feature in the collision coverage. And... You're a pretty smart insurance man, aren't you? <laughs> I think so. Doing pretty well? It's a living. Do you handle just automobile insurance or all kinds? Well, just name it and I'll write it, Mrs. Dietrichson. Accident insurance? Accident insurance? I should say so. Uh, that's a honey of an anklet you're wearing, Mrs. I'm Dietrichson. I'm glad you like it. There's something engraved on it, huh? Just my name. Phyllis. Phyllis, huh? I think I like that. But you're not sure? No, I'd have to drive it around the block a couple of times. We're getting away from insurance, aren't we, Mr. Neff? <laughs> Now, why don't you drop around tomorrow night about 8.30? He'll be home then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean. (laughs) There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff, 45 miles an hour. How fast was I going? I'd say around 90. Now, tomorrow night at 8.30 then, huh? Will uh, you be here too? I usually am. Same chair, same perfume, same anklet? I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you wonder. Good afternoon, Mr. Dickinson. I can still remember the smell of honeysuckle all along the street. How could I have known that murder can sometimes smell like honeysuckle? Maybe you would have known, Keyes, the minute she mentioned accident insurance. Well, I went back to the office. They said you'd been yelling for me all afternoon. Oh, come on in, Walter. Come on in. Don't you'd like to know about that Phillips case? Phillips? Yeah, you wrote a policy on his truck. His truck burned up. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Look at this. Well, claim waiver, huh? Yeah. Mr. Phillips suddenly decides to withdraw his claim. Mm-hmm. You knew all along it was a phony, huh? My little man knew. My little man inside of me here. Every time one of those phonies comes along, he ties nuts on stomach. What kind of amateurs are we? Well, now, wait a minute, Keys. Sure, I wrote that policy, but I said to have him thoroughly checked first. Oh, who's blaming you, sweetheart? And I'm sick and tired of trying to pick up after you fast-talking sir. Oh, you worry too much, Keys. You're too suspicious. No? <laughs> well, you wouldn't even say today's Tuesday unless you looked at the calendar, and then you'd check to see if it was this year's calendar, and then just to make sure, you'd get a copy of the almanac. Get out of here before <laughs> I throw my desk at you. I love you, too. Yeah? Just thought you'd like to know we nailed another phony. Back in my office was a message from Mrs. Dietrichson. My appointment had been canceled. She wanted me to stop by on Thursday afternoon instead. Phyllis. Phyllis Dietrichson. I was there, all right. Oh, come 
in, Mr. Neff. I hope you didn't mind changing the appointment. Last night was inconvenient. No, no, I was working on my stamp collection anyway. I was just fixing some iced tea. Would you like a glass? Well, unless you've got a bottle of beer that's not working. Well, there might be some. Nettie! Oh, about those renewals, Mr. Neff, I talked to my husband. Oh, good. He'll renew all right. As a matter of fact, I thought he'd be here this afternoon. No, but uh, he's not. No. It's oh, terrible. Nettie! Nettie, can't you hear... Oh, I forgot. It's Thursday. It's her day off. Uh-huh. Well, uh, iced tea will be fine. Lemon? Sugar? Yeah, fix it your way. As long as it's the maid's day off, maybe there's uh, something I can do for you. Like uh, running the vacuum cleaner. Fresh. You know, I used to peddle vacuum cleaners. Not much money, but you learn a lot about life. I didn't think you learned it from a correspondence course, Mr. Neff. <laughs> Make it Walter, huh? All right. Walter. Tell me, how much commission do you make on this insurance? Twenty percent. Why? Oh, I thought perhaps I could throw a little more business your way. Uh, my husband. I worry a lot about him in those oil fields. It can be very dangerous. Dangerous? For an executive? Oh, you don't know him. He's right down there with the drilling crews. It's, oh. it's got me worried sick. Well, you mean some dark night a derrick might fall? Oh, talk of that. But that's the idea. Well, accidents happen all the time. Don't you think he should be insured? Oh, sure. Well... What kind could he have? Well, enough to cover doctor and hospital bills. Say 125 a week cash benefit, and he'd rate about 50,000 capital sum. Capital sum? What does that mean? Well, in case the accident is fatal. No, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I, I suppose you have to think of everything in your business. Well, why don't I talk to him about it? Well, you could try, but he's pretty tough going. <laughs> They're all tough at first. He has a lot on his mind. He, he doesn't seem to want to listen to anything except maybe a baseball game on the radio. Sometimes we sit here all evening and never say a word to each other. Oh, sounds pretty dull. Walter, I, uh, I want to ask you something. Could I get an accident policy without bothering him at all? How's that? Well, it would make it easier for you, too. You wouldn't even have to talk to him. I could pay for it, and he needn't know anything about it. Why shouldn't he know? Well, because he doesn't want accident insurance. He's uh, superstitious about it. A lot of people are. It's funny, isn't it? If there were a way to get it like that... All the worry would be over. See what I mean, Walter? I think it's lovely. And then if some dark, wet night, the Derek did fall what on Derek? it. What Derek? I don't know what you're talking about. Or maybe about. a car backing over him, or he could fall out of the upstairs Are window. Are you crazy? Even... Not that crazy, Mrs. Dietrich. What's the matter? Look, baby. You can't get away with it. You want him to die, don't That's you? That's a horrible thing to say. What do you take me for? A guy that walks into a good-looking dame's front parlor and says, Good afternoon, I sell accident insurance on husbands. Have you got one that's been around too long? Just give me a smile and I'll help you collect. I think you're rotten. I think you're swell. As long as I'm not your husband. Get out of here. You bet I'll get out of here. I'll get out of here, but quick, baby. I'd let her have it, Keys, straight between the eyes. I'd got hold of a red-hot poker and the time to drop it was now before it burned my hands. But all the time I knew that I hadn't walked out on anything. That this wasn't the end. I knew that sooner or later my doorbell would ring and I'd know who it was without even having to think. Hello. You forgot your hat this afternoon. Did I? How'd you know where I lived? The telephone book. It's raining. Yeah. Sit down. Your husband go out tonight? The oil fields. He phoned he'd be late. Oh, Walter, I must have said something that gave you a terribly wrong impression. You must never think anything like that about me. Okay. No, it's not okay. Not if you don't believe me. Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to be nice to me. Like you were at first. Something's happened. I know it has. It's happened to us. 
I feel as if he were watching me. Oh, not that he cares, but he keeps me on a leash so tight I can't breathe. Well, he's in Long Beach, isn't he? Relax. You have a nice place here. Who takes care of it? A cleaning woman comes in now and then. You cook your own breakfast? I squeeze a grapefruit once in a while. You're alone, huh? Oh, that sounds wonderful. You don't have to sit across the table and smile at him and that daughter of his every morning of your life. Daughter? That's right. You didn't meet Lola, did you? He thinks a lot more of her than he does of me. Ever think about a divorce? Oh, he'd never give me one. Well, why'd you marry him? I wanted a home. Why not? Is that so wrong? But that's not the only reason. His first wife was sick a long time. I was her nurse. When she died, he was terribly broken up. I, I, I pitied him so. But now you hate him. Yes. Yes, he's just awful to me. Every time I buy a dress or a pair of shoes, he yells his head off. He's always been mean to me. So you lie awake in the dark and listen to him snore and get <sighs> ideas. Walter, I don't want to kill him. I never did, not even when he gets drunk and slaps my face. Only sometimes you wish he were dead. Perhaps I do. And you wish it was an accident and you had that policy for $50,000, is that it? Perhaps that, too. The other night we drove home from a party. He was drunk again. When we drove into the garage, he sat with head on a steering wheel and the motor still running. And I thought what it would be like if I didn't turn it off. Just closed the door and left him there. I'll tell you what it would be like. We've got a guy in our office named Keyes. In three minutes, he'd know it wasn't an accident. In ten minutes, you'd be sitting under hot lights. In 30 minutes, you'd be signing your name to a confession. Walter, I didn't do it. I'm not going to do not it. Not if there's an insurance company in the picture. They know more tricks than a carload of monkeys. And if there's a death mixed on it, you haven't got a prayer. They'll hang you just as sure as ten dimes will buy a dollar, baby. And I don't want you to hang, baby. So stop thinking about it, will you? Oh, why did I come here? So we just sat there, Keys. And she started crying, softly like the rain on the window. Maybe she'd stop thinking about it, but not me. I couldn't. It was all tied up with something I'd been thinking about for years. You know how it is, Keys. In this business, you can't sleep for trying to figure out all the angles they could pull on you. And then one night, you get to thinking how you could crook the house yourself and do it smart, because you know every trick in the book. And then suddenly, the doorbell rings, and the, the whole setup is right there in the room with you. Walter, I... I better leave. Will you phone me? Oh, I hate him. I loathe going back to him. You believe me, don't you? Sure. Sure, I believe I you. can't stand it anymore. What if they did hang me? They're not going to hang you. It's better you. than going on this way. They're not going to hang you because I'm going to help you do it. Do you know what you're saying? Come here. I'm saying we're going to do it and we're going to do it right. And I'm the guy that knows how. Walter, you're hurting There's me. There's not going to be any slip-up. Nothing sloppy, nothing weak. It's got to be perfect. Yes. Now, call me tomorrow, but not from your house. And watch your step every minute. This has got to be perfect, do you understand? Straight down the line, baby. Straight down the line. Good night, Walter. That was it, Keys. The machinery had started to move. Nothing could stop it now. The first thing to do was fix Dietrichson up with that accident policy. Oh, I knew he wouldn't buy, but all I wanted was his signature on an application. That meant I'd have to get him to sign without his knowing what he was signing. And I wanted another witness besides Phyllis to hear, hear me giving him a sales talk. A couple of nights later, I went to the house. Everything looked fine, except I didn't like the witness Phyllis had brought in. Dietrichson's daughter, Lola. 
Didn't you hear me, Neff? I just told you I don't want any accident. Now, look, Mr. Dietrichson, the only way you can protect yourself... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you'll tell me is I need earthquake insurance or lightning insurance. That's right, honey. Why, if we bought all the insurance they'd tell us we need, we'd be broke all the time. Look, what keeps us broke is you're going out and buying five hats at a crack. But, Mr. Dietrichson, dollar for dollar accident insurance is the cheapest coverage you can buy. All I want is a renewal on that automobile insurance. Well, just as you say... Phyllis, do you mind if I go out? Got something better to do, Lola? Yes, I have. Father, is it all right if I run along? I'm going skating with Anne. Anne, huh? Or is it really that Nino Zacchetti again? Oh, Father, please. Better not be. If I ever catch you with that Zacchetti guy... It's Anne Matthews, Father. We're going ice skating. And if you don't mind, I'd rather not keep her waiting. Okay, go on. Good night, Father. Good night, Phyllis. Uh, Good night, Miss Edrickson. Glad I've met you. Thank you. A great little fighter for a wait. Well, uh, now if you'll just sign these papers, Mr. Dietrichson, you'll be covered till the new policies are issued. Just so I'm protected when I drive up north. He was a Stanford man, Mr. Neff. He still goes to his class reunion at Palo Alto. What's wrong with that? Can I have a little fun even once a year? What do I sign? The, uh, the bottom line. Both copies, please. How much are you taking me for? Well, I'll, uh, I'll figure it up later. I can pick up your check at the office. I think that's enough insurance for one evening. Yeah. I'm going upstairs, fellas. Bring me a drink when you come now, Good night, Mr. Dietrichson, and thank you. All right, Walter. It's fine. He signed, didn't he? Sure he signed. Of a trip to Palo Alto. When? The end of the month. He drives, huh? He always drives. Well, not this time. You're going to make him take the train. Why? Because it's all worked out for a train. Now, listen, baby. There's a clause in every accident policy, a little thing called double indemnity. That means they'll pay double on certain accidents, the kind that almost never happen. Like, for instance, if a guy is killed on a train, they'll pay 100000 instead of 50000 I see. We're hitting it for the limit, baby. That's why it's got to be the train. It'll be a train, Walter, just the way you want it. Straight down the line. In a few moments, we'll bring you the second act of Double Indemnity. Now, our producer, Mr. William Keeley. Act two of Double Indemnity, starring Barbara Stanwyck as Phyllis and Fred McMurray as Walter. Earlier tonight, Walter Neff, insurance salesman, was shot and wounded. He was able to reach his office. There, at his desk, he continues to talk into the office recorder. A message for a man named Keyes. Well, Keyes, the first step was over. Phyllis and I had Dietrichson's signature on that application for accident insurance. I went out to my car. Waiting for me was Dietrichson's daughter, Lola. I thought you might give me a lift, Mr. Neff. Oh, oh, sure. You like ice skating, huh? I can take it or leave it. Only tonight you're leaving it? Yes. Yes, I am. Could you take me as far as Franklin and Vermont? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Who's waiting on the corner there? His name is Nino Zacchetti. Well, that the fellow your father doesn't want you to meet? Nino's not what my father thinks at all. If Nino just weren't so darn hot-headed, if he'd only... I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Please, you won't say anything. I haven't heard a word, Mrs. Dietrichson. Miss Dietrichson. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Neff. You're nice. That concludes part one of Double Indemnity from 1950 Lux Radio, starring Fred McMurray, 
The conclusion and part two is available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.